praise the Lord for the lighthouse. Amen. Good to see you this morning. Thank you for choosing to be in the house of the Lord today. This is the day the Lord hath made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. I hope you're glad that it's the Lord's day and are gathered to worship him. We'll come to that in a few minutes. But I do want to thank you for your support of uh, me and my family. Uh, you might or might not know that uh, in the last two years, we've had quite an adjustment for our pastor for 35 years. And I would come into a church service, and it's my responsibility to tend to a flock. And uh, that adjustment was a great adjustment and still is. And I thank you for welcoming me back here, which also has been an adjustment. And you might understand that. And we're still feeling our way. So be patient with us and, you know, help me along uh, as to how we fit uh, where God has us. And then uh, I would appreciate your prayers for uh, the Lord to open doors for me to minister for his glory in whatever way that is. Uh, I've pretty much preached about twice a month. I've visited a lot of other places. We've shared the ministry. And so if you would, and you can remember, pray about God opening doors for us. Now, you also have been supporting our ministry uh, in Myanmar. And uh, we have, uh, or we will have soon, uh, there we go. Those are uh, 10 men who, um, I, I don't have to look back there, it's up here. Those are 10 pastors that uh, every month we try to send $100 apiece to support them. And uh, that doesn't sound like much, but in Myanmar, believe me, that makes up probably a third of their support. And it's been really hard to get it to them. But they're gathered around that table there, and uh, he has them come in, and he gives them their funds, uh, and, uh, and then they pray. And they pray over those funds. They pray over their churches, and these are village churches all around Kalamaya, Myanmar. And then they pray for their donors, those people who gave uh, that they might have those funds to serve the Lord there. And so uh, I want to thank you for uh, back in the spring uh, sending funds over there. And now I am trying to raise the funds for the fourth quarter. Uh, we have enough raised, I believe, through September. And we're trying to raise October, November, and December uh, to cover that. That's $1,000 a month uh, here. And uh, so you pray about that. I've had some churches that have been good. Some have given a lot. Uh, individuals, some even here, have handed me $50 or $20, and I appreciate that so very much. Um, we'll go through these pictures real quickly here just so you can get an idea. Uh, even though COVID and uh, the coup have had tremendous difficult influence on Myanmar, they're still ministry. Go to the next one. Just go through a few of these. Now, you saw back up, if you can. I don't know if you can. 
because uh, I couldn't remember how many baptism pictures. Uh, I guess back in March, they sent me pictures of baptisms. Now, uh, maybe there's another one in there, I believe, of a different uh, format, but you can see they're very uh, uh, unusual. That one there, uh, a mobile baptism, I guess. So there's lots of ways to do baptism if you don't have a creek, uh, how some of us uh, remember baptism. All right, you can go ahead. And uh, there's another one of the baptisms. And someone playing a guitar, Brother Marvin, you'd like that while they had the baptism. And uh, some more pictures there uh, of the baptisms. All right, now you see this uh, motorbike there. And uh, that is really the preferred means of transportation in Myanmar because gas is so expensive. And on the back you see a bag, and I think there's another one that was up there a minute ago. Uh, back in uh, July, we tried, uh, we had a, a donor who said, I'll give $2,000. Again, the coup and COVID have really hurt them. And uh, this donor said, I'll give $2,000. Uh, matching gift if y'all can raise $2,000 to give rice uh, to these people in Myanmar. So I've tried to promote it. Uh, we promoted it in our newsletter, and there are a few of these back on the table. Uh, I think I had maybe a dozen, so you can get one of those. I do an article in this every uh, month, and Dr. Padrone is on the front, and information about the ministry uh, is there. Uh, but uh, $25 uh, will buy a bag of rice. And so we tried to raise and get that matching $2,000, which would buy, uh, this is a 40-pound bag of rice here, and that'll last a couple of families a whole month. Uh, and rice is their meal. Our meal is hamburger, I think, probably, and french fries, you know. Rice is what they eat. They eat it a lot of ways, but that's what they eat, rice or just rice by itself. I was riced out when we were over there for uh, three weeks, and, and it took me six months to eat stir-fry after that. And I like stir-fry, but I just had enough rice. But that's their diet, uh, not only in Myanmar, but also in India and Bangladesh and some of the other places that we minister uh, and so forth. I just have a relationship personally with Myanmar, and so uh, so these are the pictures. Go ahead to the next picture. Uh, this is a brother I mentioned, Bangladesh, and uh, we are uh, uh, involved in his ministry. Uh, he does evangelism work, and I think there's a few more pictures in there of him uh, and these people whom he preaches to, and then he gives some literature, and uh, they're dependent on people like us to uh, support them. Now, this is back in Myanmar. This, uh, uh, you never thought you'd see a kiddie pool used for baptism, but there it is. I mean, you take what you've got available, amen? And, uh, you know, we don't have to have these very nice baptismal pools, which is fine, but uh, these people are being baptized, all right? And here's some more of the folks in Bangladesh uh, who have been uh, witnessed to, and this is a brother there that I would like for you to pray for that the Lord might bless him in his ministry, uh, and uh, he is working hard. And he's just coming out of being very ill. I, it's a little hard to communicate with him, uh, and I'm not sure if he had COVID or if he had, uh, uh, I forget the one that you get from mosquito bites, but 
they get sick from that a lot over there. Another baptism in the river, and here is an event that he was speaking at, and uh, God has blessed them, and uh, he's making a presentation there. I just wanted you to see him uh, and to remember to pray for Bangladesh, all right? Uh, is there another one? I was thinking there was one in there of, a, an, uh, uh, there you go. This is an individual I want you to say. I actually met this individual. He is in Myanmar. He was a teacher at the university where uh, I spoke at graduation and taught for, they didn't learn a whole lot, but anyway, I taught them for uh, about 10 days at that university, and then all of my talk graduated. They had already taken their tests, I think, so that probably helped. But anyway, he was one of their professors, and sad to say he died uh, of COVID. He's 52 years old, and he died of COVID back uh, just about a month ago. And uh, so uh, I'd like for you to pray for their family and uh, pray for those people and that ministry there. Uh, just take a real quick minute, because sometimes I don't say what I, maybe I ought to say is on somebody's mind. Is there a question uh, that somebody might have? Uh, by the way, I did, this, I did not tell you is that we uh, had a total of almost, uh, Dino told me the other day, he said, when it's done, we will have had $6,000. Counting the 2,000 matching gift, the 2,000 was matched, which made 4,000, and then another 1,000 came in, and we're working up towards $6,000 to help feed. But we do that through the auspices of the church there. So these are church people that are receiving uh, the rice and are being helped with it and ministered to by it. And the gospel is being preached, and souls are being saved. Even though Myanmar, for example, is only 8% uh, Christian, that just means it's wide open for preaching the gospel. And they have hope when no one else does. And uh, so praise God for uh, that ministry there, and I hope you'll pray um, for uh, Dino Padrone Ministries as you pray for uh, me as well, that God would uh, open doors uh, for me to share it. Uh, we have been amazed at how God has used people to help people. And you know, uh, I've been thinking a lot about Jonathan Edwards uh, and uh, Pilgrim's Progress and the journey. If you've never read that, I'd encourage you to read it so you can find it in a more easily read version than the one was originally written in. And it's all about our journey from the beginning of our life till we meet Jesus. Along the way, we met Jesus as our Savior, and then how God uses us and works in us and directs us and guides us and puts us where he needs to be. I would have never dreamed that I would be uh, involved in uh, a foreign missions work because I, God put me in the pastorate. But I do remember many years ago kneeling at an altar at Highland Park Baptist Church in Chattanooga, Tennessee uh, in a missions conference saying, Lord, if you want me to be a missionary, when I thought missionary, I thought go to Africa. And I knelt there, and I struggled all week, by the way, because my flesh did not want to go to Africa. By the way, my flesh didn't want to go to Myanmar either, nor any other mission fields in my flesh. Now, it wasn't a tourist event. 
But in my flesh, I struggled all week, and I needed to surrender. And I don't know, it was probably Thursday when I knelt at the altar, and I said, Lord, wherever you want me to go, whatever you want me to do, I want to do your will. By the way, if you haven't done that, I ain't preaching yet, but you ought to. Because you'll never be all that God could make you to be until you surrender to let him do the making and be what he wants you to be. And thank God for those that are called to give. Thank God for those that are called to support, serve, and send. And we need all of that. But as long as we have breath, we ought to be serving and uh, praising the Lord. So I hope you'll continue to praise uh, pray for uh, Myanmar, Bangladesh, India. We have some ministry opportunities in Africa. Uh, some of y'all remember uh, Dave Arnold. Uh, if you've ever met Dave Arnold, you can't forget him. And uh, his ministry in Sierra Leone, Africa, we're being becoming more involved in that. Just talked to Dave the other day, and Dave is 83, 4, 84 years old. And getting feeble, he said, I think I could do what I used to could do, but I can't. And y'all understand that. I'd still have the same problem. Uh, and uh, I'm 20 years younger nearly than he, or 17. Uh, and so we're getting involved in that to some degree. We don't know exactly how that will work out in the long term. Uh, but God has, uh, it's a great big world out there. People that need Christ. Some of them are across the street from you. Some of them are across the world from you. This globe we live on is 25,000 just under, according to my daughter, or granddaughter who looked it up, just under 25,000 miles in circumference, 24,901 miles. I told her 25,000. She had to Google it. It was 24,901. That's how big this world is. Not really very big when you think about the universe. But if you ever get on that plane and fly to Myanmar or India, somewhere it's big. And uh, so uh, ask God what he could do with you, how he could use you uh, for the glory of God. I want you to get your Bibles this morning and turn to uh, John chapter 12. My daughter-in-law, I ain't going to call her name, I have four of them, but one of them has two grandchildren that happen to be in the Marlboro Baptist Church youth group, uh, walked up to me last Sunday and gave me this. Can you see it, Brother Ted? <laughs> now, some of y'all won't know what this is, but it's, it's super hold denture cream. And then she didn't have the courage to show up today. <laughs> She'll be seeing it on YouTube. It's good to be in the house of the Lord. Christians ought to have fun. If we can't have fun, nobody in this world ought to be having any fun. I mean, we ought to be the happiest, uh, the most joyous, the most rejoicing people in all the world because we headed to the promised land. We may be wandering through the wilderness today, but we're going to get over there before too long. And you'll be happy then. So let's get happy now and rejoice in the Lord.
I was thinking about this passage of Scripture when Pastor John, by the way, thank you, Pastor John, who will be seeing this, I'm sure, asked me to preach. I uh, immediately, God sent me to this passage. I try to do what the Lord says does, uh, says to do, to do. And, and this is, in a sense, not a mission message, although I think it is a missions message, but it's where God brought me today. But as I was thinking about this passage of Scripture, and we'll read it in a moment, I was thinking of how would you react if an individual come into the service? And you may have known them. Maybe it's somebody sitting in the service. And you remember when we used to have the communion tables in the front, and because of the way uh, this is designed, and I love this design, communion tables not here like it once was with the offering plates and so forth. And they, they got up in the middle of the service, and they rushed up here, and they fell before that communion altar, and they began to pour something on that altar. I suspect some of the people who are in charge of security here might get a little anxious, a little nervous, a little troubled. And some of you might get a little excited and uncomfortable and thinking, what's going on here? Well, that's kind of what happened in this passage. Notice as I read it. Notice the timing of it. Then Jesus, six days before the Passover, came to Bethany, where Lazarus was, which had been dead, whom he had raised from the dead. So you know when it was. Six days before Jesus' uh, suffering, right after Lazarus had been raised, there they made a supper, and Martha served. But Lazarus was one of them that sat at the table with him. And maybe in some people's mind was the honorary individual in that meal. Then took Mary a pound of ointment of spikenard. very costly and anointed the feet of Jesus and wiped his feet with her hair. And the house was filled with the odor of the ointment. Quite an event. Probably even as dramatic as what I tried to describe a moment ago. Then saith one of his disciples, Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, which should betray him. Why was not this ointment sold for 300 pence and given, in, given to the poor? This he said, not that he cared for the poor. Can I just stop right here and say, not everybody that's talking about the poor cares about the poor. But because he was a thief and had the bag and bare what was put therein, then said Jesus, let her alone. 
By the way, isn't that wonderful? Jesus says, let her alone. <laughs> ah, he come to the aid of Mary. Let her alone. Against the day of my burying has she kept this. For the poor always you have with you, but me you have not always. Much people of the Jews therefore knew that he was there, and they came not for Jesus' sake only, but they came that they might see Lazarus also, whom he had raised from the dead. But the chief priests consulted that they might put Lazarus also to death. Well, good luck. Jesus might just raise him from the dead again. <laughs> because that by reason of him, many of the Jews went away and believed on Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Father, now help me in the next few brief moments to share that which you would have us to hear. And I ask it. In Jesus' name, amen. What is worship? We call this a worship service. We all come, we all gathered, we are here. Somebody's here because their spouse is here. Some child may be here because their parents are here. Some individual may be here just checking it out. The first singers, I believe I got that name right, first time visitors welcomed them before uh, the service is over. They're, they're, God, don't blame, don't, don't judge Pastor John by Rick Ramsey. Uh, come back when Pastor John is in the pulpit. Why are we here? We're here to worship. What is worship? Uh, for years, uh, I, I attended uh, a meeting, and I didn't go this year, but this first year, many years, in, in West Virginia, Taze Valley Baptist Church, unusual great church out in the middle of the country. But they worship. They really get into their worship. And uh, I, I, for years, I've been trying to get Dean Staten to go with me. Some of y'all know Dean, pastor in Buena Vista, Tried to get him to go with me, and finally he went one year. And I just wanted to see how he was going to react because, I mean, they get happy. They worship outwardly, physically, publicly, noticeably. And I knew this would probably happen because this has happened before. Somewhere along in the service, the music or the preaching, I'm not sure, this guy got up off the front row and took off running toward the back. Now, they had a long aisles, church of whole 1500. Got to the back there, shook hands with somebody, had turned around and run back to the front and said, praise the Lord. And I watched Dean. He had never seen that before. And I had seen it because I'd been there. And somebody would say, well, I don't think that's worship was for him. Put that up against another church that I heard about. Was it Malbrook? When another church I heard about that the preacher handed out balloons to the crowd. And uh, he said, now at any point in this service when you feel like praising the Lord, let your balloon go. 
It was one of these quiet churches, dignified churches. And that's okay. Everybody's got different ways. But when the service was over, half of people still had their balloon in their hand. I'm thinking they're taking it home to the grandbabies or something. I don't know. They didn't get happy about anything. What is worship? Well, consider a few thoughts. The first and last mention of worship in the Bible, and I, I've got to quickly get through what I want to say because I want to be done by noon. Is the first one's in Genesis 22. And in Genesis 22, the Lord said to Abraham, take now your only son Isaac and go up on the mountain, and I'm not quoting it exact, and worship. And he said, we're going up on the mountain to worship. First mention. The last mention is in the book of Revelation chapter 22 and verse 9, and in that passage of scripture, uh, John was overwhelmed with what was going on, and he went to this angel that had communicated these truths to him, and he fell down on his knees, and he said, don't fall down before me. Worship God. Last time worship is mentioned in the Bible. The word, English worship word, means worth-ship, to say what something is worth. And the idea of worship is to acknowledge who God is. Worship. Let me give you two or three quick thoughts. I probably won't give you but one or two. I have four, but I won't get to them. The first one, worship is singular. It is singular. Now, what do you mean by that? The guest list for this event in John chapter 12 was quite interesting, and I have a little trouble. Uh, I'm not used to this over here, so if I forget you all over here, you'll, you'll, uh, this wasn't here when I was pastoring here. Uh, and, and I still like the middle myself. I noticed Ted does too. <laughs> It's singular. The guest list at this event. First of all, uh, Matthew and uh, I believe it's Mark tells us in their account that it was at Simon the leper's house. Simon the leper whom Jesus healed from leprosy. It's at his house. So he's there. And then obviously Martha's there. She's serving. Thank God for servants. Martha was a servant. She's mentioned several times as a servant. Thank God for those. Judas was there. So not everybody that was there were believers. Not everybody that was there was ready for heaven. Think about that. I don't know how many we got here today, and I don't know exactly how many were there, but I know there are more here than there were there, and Jesus had 12 disciples, and one of them was not saved, was a devil. I wonder who it is among us that is not born again. That's something between you and God that you need to contemplate. Judas was there. The disciples were there. Others were there. We find uh, Pharisees were there. 
Lazarus was there. Most of us would think, well, this was a, an event celebrating Lazarus. Maybe most of the people there may have thought the same thing. It's never about the ones for whom God does something. It's always about the one who does the thing for us. It wasn't about Lazarus. Lazarus was there. It's about Jesus. And Mary was there. Mary is the sister of Martha. And Mary is mentioned three times in the Bible. By the way, I didn't give you the full, I guess, definition of worship. It means to kneel or to bow, to do homage, to adore. Three times Mary is mentioned. You remember the first one, I believe it's in Luke 10, where Mary and Martha and Jesus, there was another meal, and Martha's working and sweating and laboring, and Mary's sitting at the feet of Jesus. You say, why would she do that and not get up and help? Well, she knew who Jesus was. She was there in awe of him. Martha wasn't happy about that. Complained about that, and Jesus said, leave her alone. She has chosen the best part. The second time Mary's mentioned is in the previous chapter 11 to John chapter 12. And you remember the Lazarus is sick and the whole story, I don't have to go into it. I think you know it well. Martha's upset and says, Lord, if you'd have been here, you had not died. And rebuked him, it seemed. And I understand the emotions, we all have that. I mean, they thought Jesus would take care of them and he had not taken care of them because he had something bigger to do and I don't have time to preach on that. But when you go through a hard time, just hang on. God's getting ready to do something better than what you want done at the moment. When he got to Mary, Mary stayed in the house while Martha was out flailing around and so on and and then Mary went when Jesus said, come. That's when you go, when Jesus says, come. And she bowed before him, and she didn't understand either, but she bowed before him and said, Lord, in her worship, I don't understand what you're doing. If you'd been here, he wouldn't have died. So she's worshiping again. And in this passage, she's worshiping. It's... Worship is singular. It's about Jesus. That's the point I want you to get. It's about Jesus. It's not about somebody. It's not about something. It's singularly about the Lord Jesus Christ and God the Father. Worship Him. Number two, it's sacrificial. Sacrificial. Now, I brought this little bottle, stole it off of Susie's dresser. I have not opened it. It's empty. But I did read on it, it's a one ounce bottle of perfume. And uh, I, I, I did a little bit of research, and I don't have time to give it all of you to you about this particular kind of perfume 
that she had chosen, Spikenard is a nard, comes from the mountains of India. as a very precious type of perfume and ointment and only the rich people can afford. I can Google too. I Googled yesterday, what is the most expensive perfume you can buy today? And according to Google, who's always right, According to Google, $4,200 an ounce for one of those, what, which one has the number one? Anyway, doesn't matter. $4,200 an ounce. A pound of spikenard is 12 ounces. Judas noticed and said, this could have been sold. This was three worth uh, for uh, 300 denarius. Most say a year's worth of money that she had put into this. This was a sacrificial gift. Worship is sacrificial. It's sacrificially, personally. If you're going to worship God, you cannot worry about who's around you. you got to focus on Him. Some stories I'd like to tell you, but I don't have time. Worship Him personally. Worship Him. It'll be sacrificial personally. You may have to sacrifice your pride. It's, it's sacrifice Financially, word and Mary get it. We don't know. I just got to think. I wonder if Mary had a husband, not mentioned. I wonder if she had a husband. And, I, and he thought, "Oh my!" If he was at the service there, I can. I just know what I'd feel like. Oh my goodness, there she. Or maybe it was a family heirloom. We don't know what it was but it was worth something financially. Judas said it could have been used, could have been sold. We could take care of a lot of poor people. She's worshiping with it. So sacrificially, personally, sacrificial financially, sacrificial socially. Now there seems to be a conflict some of the other accounts talk about it. she anointed his head. Here in John says she anointed his feet. It's not really to understand. With 12 ounces, you can anoint a lot. She put it on his head. It run down his beard. It run all over his body. And she poured some on his feet. And she washed his feet in this expensive perfume and wiped his feet with her hair. That wouldn't even be kosher in today's society. Ladies didn't let their hair down in that world. But she sacrificed socially. She didn't care. Something moved her to worship. Something come over her and caused her to need to do that. You say, is that the norm? Obviously it's not. It's the only one mentioned. 
Well, there is one other, but they were motivated by the wrong thing. Book of Acts chapter 5, you can go read that later. There was the one who was trying to get glory for themselves. I don't think that was Mary's issue. Worship is singular to him. It's sacrificial. It's spiritual. Judas said, ah, this ain't good. And if you read the other accounts, it says the disciples said it as well. You ever known any carnal disciples? Yeah, Corinthians talks about them. They're everywhere. They agreed with Judas. What a waste. That's ridiculous. Man ought not run around in church, run up and down the aisle. Preacher ought not hand out balloons and say praise the Lord with them. That's ridiculous. It's a spiritual thing. You've got to be spiritually minded to worship the Lord sacrificially. It's got to be, he's got to be your focus. Not everybody else. Not everything else. I didn't even get into what we might have could have done with that money. Somebody said most of us would have sold it and gave God 10% and felt good about it and then went and bought us a new mule to ride around on. <clears throat> yeah, we would have. But she didn't. Sacrificial. It's spiritual. Fleshly minded people, whether believer or not, will not worship. I know I've only got a few minutes left. We went to Lancaster last week and went to see Esther. I'd recommend it. Anybody gets a chance to go. Wonderful. We happened to be there on a day. And in the section where we were, and we were sitting three rows back, maybe four, there was a lot of uh, uh, black folk around us, African-American folk. I don't know what I'm supposed to call now, sister. I'm sorry, but good, wonderful, godly people. May our church get more color. I'm all for it. Amen. Thank you, brother. <laughs> They're all around us. Now, normally at an event like that, everybody's dressed up, everybody's conservative, everybody's dignified and so on. And I didn't realize it, but as the show starts, starts a little slow, and as it goes along, the music gets better and better and better, and the events get better and better. And all of a sudden, they're hauling Haman off to be hanged, and I went, "Woo!" <laughs> and I looked around, and I wasn't the only one. I thought, I shouldn't have, I shouldn't have praised God over Hey, Speck, I, don't, I hate him too. Haman's picture of the devil in Esther. And I'm looking forward to the day that he's cast into outer darkness. And what I'm saying was, uh, there were the people there I know that were lost. They gave an invitation at the end and there were some people to come up. I pray that some people got saved. There was people there that weren't spiritual. 
They're just there to see good acting and hear good music. And if that's all you come to church for, you're going to miss out. Come to worship. Mary wasn't there to see Lazarus. She'd already seen him. She wasn't there for food. I'm all for that. You can look at me and tell. She was there to worship Jesus. Because you see, Lazarus would be dead if it weren't for Jesus. By the way, I'd be dead too if it weren't for Jesus. I'd be in hell if it weren't for Jesus or headed there. Worship. Worship. I'm done. 12 ounces. This is one ounce. Broken and poured out in worship to Jesus. It was probably everything that she had of any value. By the way, we ought to all give everything we have of any value whatsoever in worship to him. He is worthy. I was preaching. In another church, not too awful far from here, not on this passage, and uh, I did what I did here. I shared Myanmar. I shared the the rice rice ministry, the matching gift, and uh, after the service, no one came up to me, and that's okay. I, I wasn't there to receive a God's. It's God's work to move people's hearts to do whatever they, it's not mine. I just share the need. And I was standing at the door greeting people as they left. And this lady walked up to me and she said, and this broke my heart. Here's $23. She said, that's all I have. Maybe somebody else can put $2 on it to buy a bag of rice. I'm here to tell you that's what worship looks like. Let's worship today. Let's pray. Holy Spirit, Take the message, apply it to our hearts, convict us where it need be. Oh, Father, help us to evaluate our worship. We don't have to be a loud church necessarily to be worshiping. Although a good hearty amen is a good thing, the Bible is filled with them. A praise the Lord is a good thing. Your word is filled with it. A hallelujah is a good thing. Your word has that. Singing praise to you. Singing with all of our hearts and worship to you. Not just mouthing words we've heard over and over. Oh God, help us to evaluate our worship. Father, the beginning place of worship is to bow the knee, receiving the gift of eternal life, prompted by the Holy Spirit of God, 
And I pray, Father, if there's somebody here this morning whom your Holy Spirit has prompted them toward you and they don't know you as their Savior, they're not sure if they died today, they'd go to heaven. And Lord, uh, they're living their life, but they don't know why. Would you help them to have the courage to come and receive you as their Savior? And then worship continues through our life. Help us, Lord, to learn that it's singular. Help us to be obedient and sacrificially worship you. Help us, Lord, to walk in the Spirit. Father, the last one that I did not give was the sovereign working that you did in Mary about your death. Whether she knew it or whether she didn't, you moved her to worship you before you died. Oh, Father, I pray that you would move some of us here today to learn to worship you before we die. In whatever way you move us to worship, in Jesus' name. Let's stand together. Would you play whatever God leads you to play? And I just invite you to worship the Lord. I invite you to come and kneel before him if God moves you. Uh, you can worship him in the pew. Yes, you can. I would invite you to respond to who he is and what he's done for you. Worship. Would you come? If you're here not saved, would you come? Oh, let's worship him this morning. Let's let him know what we think of him.